While you're finding your spot, I'm going to go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord God. We thank you for the health to be able to get out of bed and come on into church, Lord God. We pray, Father, that you would lead us, guide us, direct us, Lord God, through your word this morning, Lord God. Help us to understand these things, Lord. And Father, make it come alive off the page. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. So Acts, I mean, excuse me, Luke chapter 8, verse 16. So Jesus is going right into no man. This is the Lord talking. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth it with a vessel, or put it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. Now, I've done a study not too long ago on the light, so I'm not going to go into all the verses, but uh, just a reminder that Jesus Christ is the light. And if Jesus Christ is in you, living in you, then the light that shines out of you is Jesus Christ. So what, you're, what the Lord's saying there is he wants you to shine and that's allowing him to shine through you. Look, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, and this is the companion verse to this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Matthew chapter 5, verse, this is the companion verse. And there's a little bit more detail here in Matthew chapter 5. He says here, Matthew 5, verse 14, Jesus says, Ye are the light of the world. They see that set on the hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So the Lord expects, when the Lord starts living in you, He starts expecting to live out of you and to shine out of you. He expects, when He starts living in you, He doesn't want you to just go off in a corner somewhere and hide out. Uh, he doesn't want you to build a monastery, build a bunch of walls around, and then keep the world out. He wants you to go forth in the world and shine and to show Jesus Christ in you working. And that's what he says there in 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And what do they do there? They don't glorify you, right? They glorify your Father which is in heaven. So it, that's, the, that's the whole principle of Christianity is that a Christian... Needs to understand that Jesus Christ is living in you and he's trying to work out of you and produce fruit out of you through the Holy Spirit. If he's doing that, that's, that's the ultimate Christianity. That's, Christian, that's what Christ wants to do. He's the vine, you're the branch. He's trying to produce fruit. And if you have any good works, who will get the glory in the end? The, G, the Lord Jesus Christ gets the glory. It's his light shining out of you. The great top is Christ is the light of the world. What's the light of the world physically? It's the sun. And the bride in top, the church is in top, the moon. And the moon has no light of itself. The moon is a dead planet. It's just floating up there. But what, when we see the moon shining at night, what are we seeing? We're seeing the reflection of the light of the sun reflecting at us to the world. So that's what the church is. The church is just a reflection of Jesus Christ. So you have no light of yourselves, you're darkness. But when Christ comes into you, you become a child of the light, a light, the light's living in you, and he's shining forth. And that's what he's trying to get at there with those verses. He's trying to say, hey, that light of the world, it needs to be shining. Don't be, don't be hiding it. All right, back in Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, verse 17. For nothing is secret that shall be not, excuse me, nothing, for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, Neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken 
even that which he seemeth to have. So there's a bunch going on there in verses 17 and 18. First off, he says there's nothing secret that should not be made manifest. And that's it. We're, about to, we're about to run some re- references on that because that's a, that's a scary statement to think about it. Neither anything here that should not be known, under, known and come abroad. Everybody's going to get to know about it. And then he says, so he says in verse 18, right after he says, Take heed therefore how you hear. He basically says, are you listening to me? Are you hearing what, you're, what I'm saying? For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Uh, it's a secret Christianity. It's a Christianity. Guys, everything's a secret to us. And we really don't know what's going on in a man or woman's heart when it comes to the Lord. I've seen men and women, to me, and I, you know, in hindsight, 2020 is perfect vision, right? But I've seen in hindsight, well, I thought they were a good Christian, but in hindsight, I think they, when you see the actions and you see what's going on, I said they were living, they were in the church either to get money or to make money or to be a good businessman, it was good for business, or whatever reason they were associated with the church, and you know, you even question if they were even saved after, after everything washes out in the end. Because he says there that, And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. So there's big time celebrity Christians, celebrity pastors, there's big time people maybe in the church that when we get up into heaven, all the secrets are going to come out and it's going to seem like, man, they're a great Christian. They got all these works that they've done for the Lord and it's going to be taken away from them even which he seemeth, he seemeth to have. You know, the Lord's... uh, Mentioned it many times about the last to be first and the first to be last. And I know when I was a young man, first joining the church, really getting involved in the church, there was a lady in the church, the church I went to, that uh, the, she, uh, the people, uh, the other members made fun of her. And she was an older lady. And I'll be honest with you, she, she wore this wig that was hideous. And it was sticking out in every different direction you could think of. It looked like a spider just died on top of her head. It was, it was horrible looking. But this lady, God bless her, she would visit the hospitals and nursing homes religiously and go visit people. In, if you got put in the hospital or anybody was in the hospital associated with the church, she'd go visit them. And I always have looked back on that and thought about that, and I'm like, you know, that lady was, there was a lot of things about that lady that wasn't appealing but was she more fruitful for the Lord than some of the other Christians? I think so. Because like when my mom got really sick and she got put in the hospital, that lady came up to the hospital and visited my mom. Not everybody did. Not everybody did. So I wonder sometimes that, that thing that we think is, oh, she's going to be at the last. Well, she might, the Lord might take her and put her up first. But it goes back up verse 17, for nothing is secret that shall not be made Manifest. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 27. Deuteronomy 27. This give us, gives us a good opportunity to talk about secret sins. Secret sins. Deuteronomy chapter 27. We'll start there at verse 15. Secret sins. Those sins that nobody wants to talk about. Those sins that you want to try to hide. Secret sins. And the Lord's given a blessing and then he's given a curse here. And this is, a, this is a little discourse about being cursed. Like cursed be him that does this and cursed be him that does that. But look at like verse 15. Cursed be the man that maketh any graven or molten image an abomination to the Lord. 
the work of his hands of the craftsmen, and putteth it in a secret place, and all the people shall answer and say, Amen. So what Moses is doing there through the Lord God, he's saying, hey, they've made this image, and they're not out there in front of their neighbors, setting it up on a pedestal, worshiping it. They can't do that. Excuse me, they can't do that, right? Because they would be stoned. But they make this image... And they hide it off in a closet somewhere. Where just maybe, even maybe their wife don't even know about it. Even, and they're worshiping that. And they're worshiping it in a secret place. So look down at verse 24. Cursed be he that smiteth his neighbor secretly. And all the people shall say, Amen. It's that secret sins. Those inward sins. Those are the hardest ones to deal with. Uh, the hardest thing to know, the hardest thing for me is to think you have somebody that's a friend, and then the, to me the worst thing to find out is they were never a friend at all. They were secretly not happy with you. They were secretly mad at you. They were secretly out to get you. And that's the worst, that's the worst feeling in the world. Look at Deuteronomy 29, 29. So these secret sins, and we're going to talk about these for a few, while, a few minutes. 20, look at chapter 39, I mean 29, 29, Deuteronomy. The secret sins. Look at right here, verse 29. The secret things, all your secret sins, belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Now that verse is talking about Israel being getting secrets revealed to them by the Lord God because uh, he wanted to reveal it to them and to their children. But the, the point of that verse is that the secret things belong unto the Lord God. Nothing's secret to the Lord God. The Lord God can keep a secret from you, but you can't keep a secret from the Lord God. And uh, I think sometimes people get into that where they're in the darkness or in the dark places. And the Bible talks about that where the Lord talks about, to, I believe it's Jeremiah, he says, they're going in the dark and they're going down underneath here and they're, they're craving, they're drawing all these images on the wall and they think I can't see them. He said, but I can see them. And Christians, we, we need to remember that no matter where we're at, we can be in the deepest, darkest place in this world, the Lord's still watching us. And he knows those secret things that are going on. Look at Psalms 44. We're going we're to spend a lot of time in Psalms. Look at Psalms chapter 44. Yeah, those secret sins. Look at Psalms 44, verse 21. Yeah, that's the, to me, the... Hardest thing of living a Christian life is not living the outward thing. You know, when you get older and you start getting wiser and you start, I mean, to me, it's not, it's pretty obvious that the teachings of Jesus Christ for the outward man are, are the way to live. And you start seeing these parallels so much so that atheists say, well, that's the same teachings that Buddha taught, or that's the same teachings of Confucius, and they start trying to say Jesus is just the same. Because it's not that... Jesus and the Buddha is the same as that Jesus is given the truth and the truth is the truth no matter who says it. If it's Buddha or Muhammad, whoever says it, the truth's the truth. It's a universal truth, a moral truth that God has created in this universe. And those outward truths that you, you see if you live those outward, uh, the Christian principles, they work. 
and you can see them physically working. You can see it working in your life. But it's those inward, those inward things that the Lord wants us to do. Remember when Jesus came along? I know I tell this all the time. Remember Jesus came along and the Pharisees were righteous, very righteous, and Jesus said, you're like whited sepulchers, tombs. You're, wide on, you're painted on the outside, look really pretty on the outside, but on the inside you're full of dead man's bones. And in another spot he said, he said, if you've lusted after a woman in your heart, you've committed adultery already. And so they were going along and they would say, I've never committed adultery, but then they'd lust after, in their heart, that's that inward sins, those inward sins. Look at verse 21. Psalms 44, 21. Shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. He knows all your secret desires. He knows what's going on secretly in your heart. Guys, I, I repent a lot during the day, and most of my repenting is what's going on in my mind and in my heart. Way before anybody knows about it. Way before anybody, that's, it's the inward stuff. See, these inward sins, so like when I was a young Christian, I was more worried about the outward appearance than I was about my inward appearance. I was all about, I want to stop doing this, I want to stop this outward. I was really very concerned about my outward appearance. So much so, you see Christians, they start dressing a certain way. They start, it's all about outward. And there's necess, I'm not saying there's necessarily wrong with trying to take care of outward appearance, but as you mature as a Christian, you start looking at the inward problems, the inward sins. And you start working towards those secret sins. And you start working on the end, working out. Those, what are those inward sins? Those inward sins would be envy, jealousy, hatred, spitefulness, backbiting. Those secret, like, like the Lord just said, you know, you, you, you see somebody through their face, so, oh, I love you, how are you doing today? And then as soon as that person turns around, I hate their guts, I can't stand them, that's it. And you might not be saying it outwardly, but inwardly, that's what's going on in your heart. Inward sins are ten times harder to spot. That's why nobody works on them. And they're rooted deep in a secret place and no one can see it. Those inward sins. They're ten times harder to spot. They're ten times harder for a preacher to root out. They're ten times harder for God to root out. They're ten times harder for a Christian to root out. But they're down there, they're down deep. Those inward sins. And as I've, matured, as I've matured as a Christian, I've had to fight that inward man. That new, that new man's fighting the old man, but it's those inward sins. Those sins of envy and jealousy and hatred. It, <laughs> all those things that you not, not, not necessarily see it. But inside I know what's going on and I'm fighting that. Because it's, it, it's, uh, it's a sin. And God knows the secrets of my heart. He knows my desires. He knows the secrets of the heart. Look at verse 21. He knoweth the secrets of the heart. He knows what's going on in your heart. Brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to be a, a Debbie Downer this morning or trying to step on your to toes or, or be uh, melancholy about it. I'm trying to just shoot straight with you that we need to be, do a better job of taking care of what's on the inside. And not be like Jesus Christ. We don't want Jesus Christ to say, hey, you're a whited sepulcher. You look good on the outside, but on the inside. I see your heart. It's full of dead man's bones. It's the inward. All those sin, most of the sins you're going to do on the outside are going to start inside and work their way out. It's a, it's, a, it's a battle of the mind, a battlefield of the mind. Casting down imaginations, every high thing exalts itself against God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. 
That's the daily walk of a Christian. It's whatever thought's going here, making sure, does this thought line up with what Christ would want me to do? Does this heart line up with what Christ would want me to do? Because I know that my wife might not even be able to tell it. My wife might not know nothing about it, but God does. And he's going to judge me for it. He's one day going to judge me for it. Look at Psalms 90. Look at Psalms 90. I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, dealing with this stuff for years and years. And dealing with people for years and years. Uh, those secret sins are so deep. Those secret sins are so deep. They're so hidden. They can be hidden from your spouse or your mom or dad, or whoever it might be, and they're so deep, brothers and sisters, listen to me, they can be hidden from yourself. They're so deep. Look at Psalms 90, verse 8. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. God's going to know about those secret sins, and he's, he's going he's to judge it. See that light? There's that word light again. In the light of thy countenance. What does light do? Light shows that light brings light's going to show what's going on. That's why most of the sin. You see the world living in sin. They wait till nighttime, then they go running out and doing it. They don't want somebody to see them. They don't think, but God sees them. See, there's with God. With God, there is no darkness. God sees everything. And what happens when the Holy Spirit starts living in you? In my personal experience, when the Holy Spirit starts living in you, what he'll do is you have a room full of just sin. It's a room full of sin. And what he does, he doesn't just turn this whole light on and just show you everything that's wrong with you. You couldn't handle it. You could, that's not how he teaches us. He leads us and guides us, and he'll come over there with a little flashlight, and he'll go over to one corner and goes, okay, you need to clean that up. And maybe in your heart you start saying, yeah, I need to stop doing that. I, re I really need to stop thinking that way. And then you'll get him work on that, and you start cleaning on that, and then the next thing you know, the Holy Spirit will go to another part of the room, and he'll put a flashlight on something else, because see that right there? That needs, that needs to leave. You don't need that in here. I don't want to live with that. I don't want to live in the same heart with that. Yeah, yeah, I know, Lord. I need to stop being envious. Lord, help me stop being envious. And then the next thing you know, he'll be coming over, and he'll show you something else. And that's how the Holy Spirit works. He's a beautiful teacher. He's a beautiful, he's full of grace and mercy, and he's going to show you. He's not just going to throw it all on you. He's going to just one piece at a time show you these secret things that are going on in your heart that only he sees and maybe nobody else sees. Maybe you don't even know they're in there. They're so deep. But the Lord sees it, and he shines that light in there. So the lost man or woman, their heart and their, their life's full of darkness. That's why they can't see the sin. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. They can't see the sin. That's one reason why, uh, that's why the Jesus Christ says in John, I think it's John chapter, uh, John chapter 3, Jesus says that the world hates the light. Remember? He says the world hates the light because it reproves them of their sin. That's why the world hates you. They see you, they see that what's in you, that's Jesus Christ, and what your holiness does, what your cleanliness does, it reflects on them that they're not clean, that they're not right. So don't be surprised when somebody doesn't like you and you're like, why did, I can't understand why they don't like you. It's because something about you reflects off on them and is showing them what they need to clean up in their own life. Look at Psalms 19. Let's go back to Psalm 19. Secret sins. 
Nobody likes to talk about secret sins. So we're going to look at, uh, look at this here a little deeper. Look at Psalms 19, verse 12. Boy, those inward sins, brothers and sisters, they, they, you can't spot them. Those outward sins, you can spot some of these outward sins, you can spot them a mile away. And it's real easy for us to judge those outward sins. And we can judge them in other Christians. But I'm telling you, there's some Christians you're running to, and they look like they have it all together. They look the outward appearance, and they're, they're keeping the outward clean. But on the inside, those inner secret sins, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a downfall of them. Look at Psalms chapter 19, verse 12. And it's something they need to deal with. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. The only one that's going to be able to cleanse you is the Lord Jesus Christ. See, this is a repentance process. This is a cleansing process. This is you saying, Lord, I know you're showing me this in my heart. I can't stop doing this, or I can't stop being envious, or I can't stop being jealous, or I can't stop hating that person. I can't forgive them like you want me to forgive them, Lord. You're going to have to work through me and do it and produce it through me. And you'll be amazed when you come to the Lord, that kind of attitude, and pray that way, how he'll work for you. And he'll give you the grace. He'll give you the strength to do it. And he'll cleanse you of those secret faults. Brother, sister, I'm not trying to convince you to go to somebody and confess your secret sins. Come to me and confess your secret sins. This is something between you and the Lord God. But I'm trying to convince you is, don't think you're going to get away with these secret sins. They will bowl, they will bowl out. They will come out in the end. God's going to bring them out. Did not Jesus Christ say every secret thing is going to be brought to light? Every secret thing. Every secret thing. Let me show you one more. Look at Ecclesiastes. So we're right here. Just take to the right of Psalms. You go Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. Chapter 12, last verse. Chapter 12, verse 14. And I know I'm turning, turning, turning this morning on you. I know y'all are sitting out there and go, man, why not even come to Sunday school this morning? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm trying to encourage you that, you know what will happen? You, you say, well, I'm not a very happy Christian. There's probably, someone, there's probably a secret sin going on. There's probably something inward. You say, well, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this. You know, it's all these outwards. So if you've, you've, you've given yourself that checklist of all the outward sins that maybe you're not committing, then what do you do? You need to start looking on the inside. And those secret sins. And start judging those. Look at verse 14. Chapter 12 verse 14. Solomon ends this by saying. For God shall bring every work into judgment. With every, every secret thing. Whether it be good or whether it be evil. See it, it doesn't have to be evil. Guys, if you do something for the Lord, or you do something for somebody in the Lord's name, and your Lord, and in your heart for the, and, and nobody else knows about, it, maybe your spouse don't even know you've done something like that. Don't you worry; the Lord's going to pay you back. Good, pay you back. He's going to bless you. You know, Lord, that's one of the principles of the Lord: is do, don't let your don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Do those things in secret, and your Lord, your Father, will reward you openly. That flip side of that coin is, is those secret sins you're doing that nobody else knows about, that nobody else knows about, those are, God's going to get you for those. You're still going to have to answer for those too. And, you don't, and I'm just trying to encourage you this morning, 
Don't put it off any longer. Work on those secret sins. Because the Lord knows about it. I don't want to know about it. I don't care to know about it. I don't want you to know about mine. But it's, it's important to be working on getting those secret sins took care of and cleansed out of our heart. Because one day we'll have to answer for them. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, Father, for your words. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you've given us a, a, a warning, Lord God, about our secret sins. Lord, help us to cleanse them through your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Help us to, to work towards what you want us to be, Lord God, and to look at, look at our lives, Lord, in a way that you see them, Lord, not that everybody else appears to see them, Lord God. And Father, I pray, Lord God, give us some work to do for you, Lord, that maybe nobody else knows about but you, Lord. And I, I, Father, I do thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray, amen.